The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, we've got a fantastic program in store for you today. We're going to talk with Terry Edom from the Canadian side of the border. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the activities they have going on up there with the solar and wind energy world as well as how they even got that stuff going and rolling up there. And Terry Edom makes a very interesting, uh, I guess, pontification or suggestion, if you will, that natural gas should be looked at as free energy, just like solar and wind. Now, he understands the detachment of that and how it's not apples to oranges. What he's referring to is there's such an abundance of it right now, and there has been for as actually quite a long time before the shale revolution even that really we need to look at this as free energy and from a subsidy standpoint from a uh, social engineering standpoint anyway it's interesting conversation we started it last week and we're going to continue it today so uh, i'd like to get right into these interviews i know you people don't come here to listen to me jabber on you come here for the exclusive interviews the experts that we bring, the intelligent conversation, intelligent interviews for intelligent people. Hey, how's that for a tagline at the Multimedia Cafe? Intelligent interviews for intelligent people. See, because you people listening are the most intelligent people I know. That's why you listen to this program. See, we connect on all kinds of levels. I, I do all the way up to uh, Canada. International interviews. International intelligent people okay now we're getting somewhere see we just grew internationally thank you see inspirational can throw the eye in there too integrity boy i got all kinds of eyes i could do now i'm getting narcissistic all right okay we got to get to terry edom energy writer for the boe report also the author of the end of the fossil fuel insanity clearing the air before cleaning the air this is terry edom yeah, a lot of people accuse the <laughs> the fossil fuel industry of being overly subsidized. And I, I just read some articles on that recently about how many sub, how many dollars in subsidies the industry receives. And there's these international groups, the International Monetary Fund or something, put out a paper which gets referenced a lot. Maybe your economics professor would have been familiar with it or ones like it, but they calculate all of the subsidies that the petroleum industry receives. And I, I dug into it a little bit, and it's, it's just a bunch of, gibberish it's just economic theory about that they pile on a big number on there of, of a subsidy they they say that the uh social cost of carbon which is i don't know what that is it's some theoretical construct by uh, by academics but they talk about the the price that should be added to fossil fuels to compensate the world for pollution is 35 dollars a ton or something and and then they they add that to every barrel of oil produced and they call that a subsidy and 
but it's not a subsidy because no money went out anywhere. That doesn't help. It, it doesn't help oil production not to charge that. Uh, it, it's a possible tax that they could put on if they want, but it's not a subsidy. So there's this definition of subsidies, which is hugely twisted. I would have been interesting to hear what your what the doctor said about that. I, no, uh, I'm I'm really uh, actually glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to talk to Dr. Lauren Scott about because he's an economics professor, but it it didn't come yeah. up in and I didn't interrupt him in the in, like I did you were there in in the proper time because. This is something I noticed in, in the Bakken was the narrative behind the industry trying to cut their extraction tax down was like a subsidy. And I'm thinking, well, no, 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 no. They're already paying 11.5% tax here. They're just trying to get their tax reduced. And you guys are trying to act like they're getting a subsidy here. No, no, no. Yeah, and and that, exactly. that, that's exactly what you just said. Yeah, so I'm not the only one seeing that out there. Okay. Yeah, there's, um, and that's a bit of a socialist mentality. You don't don't want to bring thunder pouring down on you, but um, by getting into politics. But um, there's a viewpoint out there that if you if you're a company and and the the government has a right to tax every dollar you have, and if they choose not to tax twenty dollars, then that's a subsidy to you, and and that just runs counter to common sense but that's how it's viewed that's how a lot of these subsidies are calculated if a government chooses not to tax you for something then they call out a subsidy uh, which is just I, I mean that any any businessman that just blows your mind but some people to some people that that's sound theory which is why we hope to never ever ever get to run a country but uh, you never know in these days that's I've never heard a phrase like that but I could definitely see where someone would think like that well, yeah. it is like you like you say. If you if if they if you you want a tax rate reduced from eleven percent to ten percent, and somebody calls that a subsidy, well, no, they're just taking less of your money. Like, how do you? Uh, it, you have to be a real. You have to really twist the meaning of words to come to call out a subsidy by not taking something. If I if I go steal your car and then I decide to give it back to you, did I subsidize you? Like, it's I, I don't know how that math works. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that as well. But I I have noticed the twisting of those words and the twisting of that. Yeah. And and I'm glad if, to if see. You get the I, chance, just challenge those people and say what what exactly is a subsidy? What 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 was the cash payment that was written? Where was the check that was written to this company? What what was it for? And how much was it? Not not how much of their money did you not take? Anyways, I'm on my soapbox. Sorry. Anyway, so what's going on in Canada with your crazy laws? <laughs> Well, they're they're right up there with yours. They're just like they're falling all over themselves to declare. The, the latest thing is to declare climate emergencies. And nobody knows what that means, but these governments are passing laws to to start calling it a climate emergency. And there's the people that are. Um, it's the same disease you have. We're, we're more advanced because um, you can't build anything in this country anymore. It's all ground to a halt. Like because somebody will protest, and then you got to respect their rights, and you can't do anything so so well, we're kind of a little bit more advanced and 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 the, the pressure to stop drilling and that sort of thing there's the hot spots like alberta just like texas where it's going to be very very hard to get people to on site to stop drilling or something like that because just because we understand the business and how much it's required but uh, it's the same the same madness one thing that's interesting though because we're a little bit ahead of the curve so you've got all these wing nuts like sanders and whoever else coming up warren <laughs> saying that they're going to ban drilling and stuff uh, once 
once they actually get handed the keys, if, if they do, um, like that happened here in our province in Alberta. We had a uh, uh, socialist got elected in 2015. Rachel Notley was her name, and uh, she got into power. And b- before she got into power, it was a big protest vote because the existing uh, conservative government had kind of gotten long in the tooth. And anyways, um, she was against pipelines, against fossil fuel development and all that because uh, that was just uh, the nature of her party, just like the Democrats down there. Mr. Terry Edom, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report and the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, available on Amazon. And for those of you who still shop at bookstores, Barnes & Noble. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest-running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the Industry Networking Dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And guess who else? U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feed straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome! Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th, hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free, and the exposure is, you know, priceless. Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report and the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity. Fossil fuel development and all that because uh, that was just the nature of her party, just like the Democrats down there. Then when she got into power... And all of a sudden, okay, now it's your responsibility to balance the budget, and it's your responsibility to manage the unemployment rate. Oh, and you want to build new hospitals? Well, where's that money going to come from? And you want roads paved, and you want new schools, and and then 
when faced with the cold, hard reality of actually running something, which none of these people ever do, but when they actually have to run something, then all of a sudden the light bulb went on and said, well, you know, maybe pipelines aren't that bad. And so she started advocating for pipelines, which just kind of caught everybody by surprise, sort of, that she just did an about-face like that. But um, so we've seen that phenomenon happen here. And same as Ontario, they had a, well, they kicked their government out, but they had this super green leader in that province and was running the, the province right into the ground. Ontario is a province in Canada, so it's the biggest economically, but it has 180 billion dollars in debt and if you can imagine that for one province in canada just it's mind-boggling anyways a large part of that was because of their green initiatives and eventually the population just said well enough of this nonsense and they kicked them to the curb and they brought in somebody who canceled a bunch of subsidies and that sort of thing so so there is a bit of hope now maybe you have to get these people maybe these people get in power and then maybe they do a lot more damage but at some point reality sets in and they they realize like okay Okay, well, that was a fun theory, but uh, reality doesn't work that way. It's like uh, getting rid of global poverty. If you could do that by waving a wand, it would have been done a long time ago, right, or passing some legislation. The world just doesn't work that way. you got to build things. So um, I wanna... these people, Sanders and Warren, they, they don't build things. They don't understand that. They just sit there and they screech. I want to I wanna... actually have to be responsible. Yeah, I wanted to right? touch back on the leadership part for just a second. Um, um, but first I wanted to ask you, did you say climate emergencies? Oh yeah. Is that, that's, your way. You'll hear about that's it. the new term. The new term. Yeah. yeah. That's boy. That's going to catch yeah. people. That's oh, see, this is, this is why I think the oil and gas industry needs to do some PR and some marketing because I'll never forget this one guy about five, six, maybe seven years ago. It was at the Rocky mountain energy infrastructure deal. It's a big, energy and economic summit they have out there federal reserve guys go out there that sort of thing um it's like a rare albino white elk sighting out there you know it's just you, you people that you never see and um he said he goes you know it's almost like we we gave a, a, the best ad agency in the world the most money and said hey can you come up with the worst name possible for what we're doing and they came back with fracking you know and the guy and his point was is that you know as an industry, we don't do well with PR, and that was that was no, his point. No, um, we've got I, I, nothing on the whole case file. I think they, I, I really think the oil and gas industry needs to step up right now, and the reason Absolutely. I do is yeah. because of you know the the whole Colorado and Oregon and Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth that narrative, but climate emergency. That's that's a good word. That's a no, good name. And, and it's coming. Oh, you're going to catch yeah. people's heartstrings and yada, yada type thing. And um, the one thing I do. I read some of the. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say the one thing I do want to say, and this goes back to the leadership part, is um, I also think that they need to start throwing money and start giving money to some different people. And when I look at what has happened in the oil and gas industry over the last 10 years, um, they've had an incredible momentum from hydro hydraulic fracturing and, and horizontal drilling. The part that they failed is PR. And so the people that they've given the monies to are the same people over the last 10 years. And those people have had to do multiple rebranding campaigns for the industry because, well, in North Dakota, they had to after the DAPL pipeline. I mean, that was, I, I still get people yeah. telling me that that was as big as a uh, black eye as the BP spill because you've got um, 
North Dakota officials shooting disabled veterans with rubber bullets and spraying them with um, water and sub-zero yeah. temperature. You ain't, you ain't going to win any PR battle that way. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately oh, yeah, for the yeah. oil industry, they were the ones that caught the brunt of that. Not the officials in North Dakota, but the en energy industry caught the brunt of that. So my point is, is that the same ways with the same people don't seem to be working. You got states banning drilling. You got presidential right. candidates talking about getting rid of the industry. So I don't understand why they continue to try the same strategy that they've been trying for the last 10 years. I think it's time to try something new. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and part, of, part of it is just like, like there's, I think you're right, and I wrote about this in my book, is that for, for decades, I think the energy business around the world has been used to just dealing with governments. If you need something done, you go to the government and they, they and governments were the ones that wanted the resources developed. So they would they would work with the energy business to come in and develop something or a county or a state or whatever because good for business. Now all of a sudden they, those same entities have turned on business, and, and so so I think the energy business has been caught flat footed by that. Like you said, they're not used to talking to the public, and they just there's this kind of this um, blank stare you get when you ask an, a petroleum person like can the world live without fossil fuels and they go well that's the stupidest thing i ever heard but if you ask the guy in the street that and they'll go well yeah of course we can because we've learned that from the news um and there's simple websites like um a friend of mine circulates this thing of 150 uses uh, or ways you use petroleum every day that you weren't aware of and things like lipstick that's made from petroleum and anything that's made out of plastic and 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 uh tires all of these, this whole list of, uh, if you look around your kitchen, there's probably 50 things that are made directly from petroleum or petroleum products, and, and people just don't realize that. And, and I, so we've got to get that narrative out there to people that do, do, you realize what you mean when you're saying you don't want any more fossils. You, you realize that means no more heat for your building. You, you understand that. Um, but but the, the industry has just been so bad, like you say, at actually just getting out to people and saying, do you know what this means? what these people are talking about. Never mind, there's the other side of it too. Do you know what it means from a climate perspective? If you if you stop all natural gas production in the United States, it doesn't change the climate one little bit as long as the big emitters of the world keep going the way they're going. So so I think they just have to, it's, it's kind of like learning from scratch, but they, they have to do it or they're doomed. They're just going to face this legislation everywhere, like you say. So yeah, I've been following the disruptors a little bit lately, and it's interesting, you know, because I got hit hard with the Internet. I mean, the Internet was a major disruptor in my life because it put my first company out of business. I mean, I invested over, you know, a quarter million dollars in the Internet, and I don't think I got eight bucks back. You know, I mean, you couldn't. Oh, wow. Oh, no, you couldn't give away. Remember that 10 years ago? Everybody was giving away information for free on the Internet. I mean, you still got Chicago yeah, yeah, Times right, right, and yeah. Los Angeles Times. I mean, newspapers that had monopolies for 100 years are going bankrupt in 10 years after the newspaper. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, after the Internet came yeah. out. How's a little third world of media like me going to make it, you know? And so, yeah. but that's okay because I came back and I, I learned from my mistakes. Like, yep. You know, thank thank goodness from my perspective for the energy industry to teach me that essence of capitalism and to pull the bootstraps up and do that type. I just love I just love the uh, energy of all of all that that it gives. But um, the political side of things, I think, could be the major disruptor in the U.S. Uh, when you've got states banning it and this. 
After talking to Dr. Lawrence C. Scott, I forgot about how bad Germany was. <laughs> I mean, I know they're trying to spin it as they've made these great these great advancements, but I forgot, you know, they pay 17, 18 bucks for some natural gas and, you know, we can't even oh, yeah. give it away out down it, here. Yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and, and Germany is the, one of the biggest economic powerhouses in the world right. to be able to afford that. There are almost no countries that could afford to do what they did and it hasn't even worked. They haven't even, their emissions have flatlined since 2009. So 10 years, Hundred, probably three, four hundred billion dollars they've spent, and they've made not one dent in their emissions. Mr. Terry Edom, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause, and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report and the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, available on Amazon, and for those of you who still shop at bookstores, Barnes and Noble. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. I don't The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know welcome back to the multimedia cafe my name is jason spies thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about coming up next we continue the conversation with terry edom energy writer for the boe report and the author of the end of the fossil fuel insanity World, right to be able to afford that there are almost no countries that could afford to do what they did and it hasn't even worked they haven't even their emissions have flatlined since 2009 so 10 years 100 probably three four hundred billion dollars they've spent and they've made not one dent in their emissions well and like you mentioned they so, got to start firing up those coal plants again to keep up yep yeah because they got power so. yeah they got rid of nuclear and everything and so anyway my, my point yeah. is is that i forget that there is a political shift and that's happening and a lot of times those leaders really don't care about the cost because it doesn't affect them nope, they're, not they're, they're they're not part of the little people out there that are making you know their lives work so i get that yeah. and they, they throw around that uh, t word an awful lot i saw sanders plan or was it Biden's plan, uh, $5 trillion uh, renewable plan? Somebody else had a $2 trillion, I think Warren had a $2 trillion renewable plan. Like, where does this money come from? Is it, uh, and, and they, they let their spin doctors say, well, we're going to create a bunch of solar jobs. But uh, you, you realize, all you people that believe that, that, that those solar jobs are going to be kids squeegeeing those solar panels to keep them clean. And that's going to be the bulk of it. If you want that as a career for your kid, then 
sign up, but um, yeah. Yeah, I was in fact I was just trying to think of a, um, a Roomba squeegeeer that somebody's going to have to invent because <laughs> no, I was thinking about that the other day. Going, they're going to have to figure out a way no, to sure. make these uh, solar panels clean because if you don't clean them every week or once a day or whatever the thing is, they're not efficient. Yeah, they lose. No, they lose forty uh, percent of their efficiency or something, and and everything gets dusty. You, that's just the way the world works. So, so let, let me ask you this. You, you've been fought, by the way, Terry Eden with us, uh, author of uh, End of Fossil Fuel Insanity, writer for the BOE Report. Your book's available at uh, Amazon and uh, your website, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Amazon's um, the but yep. So I, I've been a kind of a proponent of that. Maybe it's time that we take a step back and, you know, I, I'm, I don't believe that we need to get rid of wind. I don't believe we need to get rid of solar. Nope. I don't believe that we need nope. to get they rid of any place. of those. I think they all have their place nice. on God's green earth, okay? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I do think that it would be nice to know which things we could benefit the most from solar. And to me, all I've seen is charging my cell phone. That's about, you know, ch- <laughs> honest to God, um, the light ch- chargeable yeah. things is all I've seen solar used for in a very practical, economic way. Honestly, have you seen it yeah. beyond well, that? I agree that um, the, the only reason they exist so in such uh, strength is because of the subsidies. But I, I put a chapter in the book about this that if you, in my mind, if you if we want to have a, a proper phase out to renewables, you have to do it in stages. And for, first, to be to move towards natural gas, and then I think I like hydrogen as an alternative because hydrogen is a battery. Yeah, we should have be chasing hydrogen cars instead of battery cars because natural gas can make hydrogen, so that's a transition fuel. Then you can also use solar power to make hydrogen as well because that can be store solar energy. And and so I think the economy has to move in stages. Like you say, there's a place for all of these things, and at some point we'll get to a place where they predominate. But that's so far down the road. But in the meantime, we have to do this in rational steps. And, and I think the first step is accepting that something like natural gas is the the fuel of the future for a while anyways, and then segue into those other um, uh, solar and wind where we can actually use them. Because right now you just have these lots of power during the day when you don't need it that much. So uh, the the political side, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sorry to just jump topics here, but uh, from up here, it looks like a, a... problem in the u.s is that you have mr trump on one side and, and he's way over there on one side on the side <laughs> a polarizing figure let's say and then now you have so now the people when the next election comes they're going to be forced to say okay do i vote for mr trump who's extreme in a lot of regards and um or do i go with the other guy who's extreme in the other regards and it's and i don't know where there's the the middle 70 percent of the people i don't i don't know what they're going to do when they get in the polling booth well, I, I've, I've said on this program before and elsewhere when it comes to, you know, my personal thoughts on politics, because really at the end of the day, po- political thoughts are personal. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I firmly and I've covered politics for 25 years, so I, I feel like I can at least say something that, you know, is, is somewhat relevant. I haven't for the last three years, and I've done that on purpose because I still talk to politicians. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to prefer not to get into it, too. Yeah, well, because, you know, everyone else is doing it. And so we wanted to go a different yeah. route, and, and we wanted to stick more with, uh, you know, the geologists and, uh, you know, the, the CEOs and the 
writers and the you know correspondents, that sort of thing, the people that are involved in the industry day to day, as opposed to the people that get the briefings handed to them. Um, now we still talk to politics or uh, politicians because they do have a full time job, so we'll talk to them about that and etc. But um, excuse me there, as I just kind of. I guess totally. Where, where was it? Where were we going with this? Uh, Bernie Sanders, Trump. Okay, so I believe Donald oh, Trump is going to win. Uh, Donald Trump will win the next election, hands down, no matter who runs against him yeah. on, on the left side. Any any Democrat that runs against him, whether it's Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, or Elizabeth Warren, Trump will beat him because he's not a politician, and they are. Yeah, he's not owned by anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I think that the, they some are. of these these hardline stances, like of Sanders and Warrens, like you say, they're. they're they're, they're, we're going to shut down drilling all over the place. Okay, so you're 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 selling that message to a small segment of the population, but you're going to piss off. How many states are going to be pretty upset by that? It's going to be a lot. So that's why it's the, the middle ground is where people need to be focusing rather than pushing things to extremes because that's just not going to work. It's just going to um, it's going to blow up in their own faces for one thing. It's like people the the global charge to reduce emissions. You, you can't strangle supply. You, like People just want their comfort. They want a bigger, faster car. They want air conditioning. They want a bigger house. They want vacations. They want all this stuff. And you, and you can't do it by strangling their fuel supply. Like You, you have to find ways to, to, to either make that a lot more environmentally efficient or, or uh, make it impossible for them, I suppose. Maybe that's what some people would do. But the, the incentives, the way that they're lined up now, they're not achieving any of the desired objectives. And it's just yeah, I think the other part of it, too, is when it comes to elections, and Dr. Scott, he mentioned this, too, most people, it depends on how the economy is doing. And so when you look at probably, you know, a year from now, a year and a half from now, was it a year and three months when the election is, um, I don't, I mean, it'd probably take a lot for the economy to go south that quick. Um, yeah, it could, so, yeah. it could, but I doubt that it'll go south enough to where it would hurt Trump. Of course, my crazy mind, and I still believe this, the only person that can beat Donald Trump in the next election is The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. That's it. Everyone else ain't got a shot. I mean, The Rock has enough followers on Instagram. Mr. Terry Edom, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause, and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Terry Edom energy writer for the BOE Report and the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, available on Amazon, and for those of you who still shop at bookstores, Barnes & Noble. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest-running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. 
Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the industry networking dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And guess who else? U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feeds straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th, hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free, and the exposure is, you know, priceless. Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report and the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity. Of course, my crazy mind, and I still believe this, the only person that can beat Donald Trump in the next election is The Rock Dwayne Johnson. That's it. Everyone else ain't got a shot. I mean, The Rock has enough followers on Instagram to be able to announce it and form a third party. He has more followers on Instagram than the United States has population of people. So I'm not kidding you. I mean, and he's he's not a politician. And um, I used to think Stephen Colbert and, and John Stewart could have a shot, but they're kind of they're kind of already a liberal. You know, they're kind of blanketed as a yeah. liberal. Whereas The Rock, he could come, yeah, yeah. he he could come out with the People's yeah. Party and be a cool, hip yeah. third party. He wouldn't have to be a Democrat yeah. or a Republican. The Democrats love yeah, him. He's not uh, controlled by anybody. No, yeah. and he's a he's a yeah. savvy, That's smart awesome. businessman. In fact, he does business with his ex-wife. Like they they became business oh, partners wow. after their divorce. And so, wow. oh yeah, I mean, no, he's a very good man. Like he's an honest. Um, uh, hardworking man. Oh yeah, no, he's there's a re- there's a lot of really good qualities that he could be a president of, and so it, it, it you know it's it's one of those. No, is there rumors that he's throwing his hat in the ring? Maybe or no, this is just me. This is this is just me. Um, the Republicans tried to court him back in two thousand and eight or four. I can't remember, but oh, okay, they tried to, and you know he he just kind of said very nicely, no thank you, that sort of thing. But he's just been, the way he's been acting over the last year, it almost seems like he would do it, you know? And oh, wow. Yeah, he's, so cool. he's really become the top of his game in almost every industry. You know, he's a motivational speaker. He's an actor. He's a performer. He's a businessman. He, um, what else does he, he showed up in Stillwater, Minnesota to take a girl to prom that got stood up. And so he does like some very nice oh, wow. public relation things. Oh yeah. And he, you know, he's just kind of one yeah. of the people and 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just something I very relatable guy. Every every now and then you'll you'll read the tea leaves that are crazy and think, you know what? I'm just gonna say it in case it comes true. <laughs> and that's kind of what I've been doing. Where I just yeah, he could do yeah. it. Why not? Well, look at the look at the Earth's champ. Look how close you are. You know, the Earth's champ is really coming coming along fine here. Um, we're gonna be. John, I thought you were the man. No, 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 no. I, uh, I just, I sponsored the belt. So I, I, my, my guy won. Johnny, Johnny Green. He took the title. Uh, yeah, down, yeah. down in uh, Rio de Janeiro, I think it was Brazil, and he'll be back. Yeah, the belt's gonna be coming back soon. So the belt's coming back to North America. In fact, uh, you'll get a kick out of this. So Johnny Green was a part of that big global tournament where they unified all the belts, the Eurasian belt, the African belt, the uh, Australian championship belt, the North American, the South American. It was a 16-person tournament. And uh, Johnny Green came out as the Earth champion. And um, there was there's a uh, gentleman in Wyoming that called me after the press release came out. And... Um, he would like at the Energy Expo next year in Gillette, Wyoming, we're going to, uh, in fact, this is probably, we're announcing it too soon because the event's not till the 25th, but he'll be okay. We're going to announce the criteria in a few weeks for the uh, North American champion. So well, next year, we will crown the new North American champ. Johnny Green will, cha- you know, because this title's vacant now. He's now the Earth champion. There's... There's nobody that has the North American champion, so you might have to send some Canadians down here to Gillette next year to try to get the title and uh, take that back. And anyway, it's going to be a, a nice belt buckle. They're going to get belt buckles to, uh, to to showcase that they are an Earth, or, or, you know, a regional champ. I mean, hey, there's only one Earth champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But still, nothing to sneeze at. That's North, right. Yeah, champ. That's and uh, he's going to start a tour called Clean Your Mind Tour, and he's going to go around and, and help people clean their mind because before you can become an environmentalist, you got to have a clean mind because there's there's a lot of people out there just trying to fill your mind full of dirty things like plastic bags. Remember the whole paper plastic thing? Remember how they tried to remember they gaslit us and double spoke us in this Orwellian way that paper bags were more environmentally friendly than plastic. Huh, boy, that turned oh, yeah, out to yeah. be a farce. Yeah. So just yeah. simple, just simple things like that to help clean your mind a little bit, so that when you, yep. you know, take a look at you know how your ga- how, how your car moves, you might have a little more appreciation. Yeah, just you know? make people think about these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's something so, as stupid as like you mentioned. You know, like do you really want people not to have heat? And you know, there are some things like you know when you get a needle, you probably want it in a plastic hermetically sealed device, so you know nobody, <laughs> nothing's been tampered with. Uh-huh. So there is still yeah. a use for plastic, and yeah, you can't you yeah. can't make enough soybeans in the world to keep up with the amount of plastic we need. No, nope. you know if we're nope. gonna go that route, but so yeah, I mean uh, Johnny Green, man, I'll make sure to uh, have him autograph something, send it up your way, you know, and uh, oh, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Green, who did he beat? Uh, Fana Zhangzhou, I think, was was who he ended up beating in the finals. But I don't know. That that event is so green, we can't even go. They don't even allow cell phones there, you know. Um, cell phones are considered the number one polluter on the planet. So as a symbolic gesture, they do not allow it. What's that? Rightfully so. They, they have in, 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 started my book there. They dug it up or read an article. Seven, 
table of elements has 118 elements on it. A cell phone has 78 of them. That was Terry Edom, author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, Clearing the Air. Before cleaning the air, he's also a writer for the BOE Report and a blog that he keeps, Public Energy Number One. So if you'd like to check that out, his personal blog, Public Energy Number One, his writing on a daily basis or weekly basis with the BOE Report, and then he has his book, The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, Clearing the Air Before Cleaning the Air. So thank you, Mr. Terry Eden, for joining us here on the Multimedia Cafe. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and joining us here on the radio. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. For those of you tuning in online or maybe you've downloaded us on our podcast platform like iTunes or one of the other ones that we're available on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We know there's a million places to get a million types of content. So from the radio station, we thank you. From our staff, we thank you. We hope that the original interviews, the, you know, off the wall ones from time to time and live music is something that you appreciate. So thank you very much. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest-running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the industry networking dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And guess who else? U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feeds straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th, hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free, and the exposure is, you know, priceless. 
Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com.